Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. So today we're going to be talking a little on the, a bit on the woo-woo side. Hopefully I can uh, help you understand and we're going to try to tie in together all the different uh, mindsets and have kind of a, an overarching law as to what causes these thoughts and thought processes to affect how you, how successful you are in your in your life. And so we're going to be talking about the actual secret of your success. That and the question of the week this week on Relaxed Mail. Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian. And I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Are y'all done finally? My God, are the loudest eaters and drinkers I know. Being supposed to be sneaky cats, y'all are not very sneaky. I'm done. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna <laughs> leave that part part in. Nothing like hitting record and all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> some of the noisiest eaters and drinkers I've ever come across in the feline community. <laughs> Just got finished eating. Leave it to yellow cats. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. I am I'm Brian and I, I'm tickled. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, talking today about uh, the secret to your success. What is the one and I always like to say keys, and I don't know why the key uh, analogy is always in my head, but these keys are important if you're wanting to try to become, you know, a successful dad, successful husband, successful in your business life, you know, financially speaking, and or or even just uh, work life balance speaking. We there's a uh, there's a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of Interest goes in around that having that type of uh, that type uh, that particular topic, and what that particular secret is. Um, I mean, everything boils down to one major topic, and you are one t- major, and it's actually they call it a law, I guess, because uh, a law a law of gravity is supposed to be a very confirmed, you know, very unbending. There's a set of rules. Governing what that, that law, uh, like law of gravity is about. And when it comes to self-improvement and making yourself better, making, helping yourself become better so that you can help your son, the, there is a, a law that works with that also. And that law is called the law of attraction. And that's, ba- that's the overarching part that we're going to be talking about this week. But, um, before we actually jump into that, 
a little bit of news I want to do uh, and uh, just a quick announcement. I am working on actually I've narrowed it down. I want to, I'm going to start working on getting the, uh, the, the conclave of men. And I'm actually even toying with the idea of changing the name. I'm kind of falling out of love with the name, the conclave of men. I'm, May call it, I'm thinking something a little, a little bit different, but either way, I have a, a men's group where we all get together and help each other to become the best men. It's part, uh, uh, accountability. It's part coaching. There's a lot of different small aspects that go into it. And every man has a set of skills to be able to help the other men in the group to be able to become the better person. I don't see, I don't have all the answers a lot of times to what guys uh, are facing. So the other people in the group, so I am looking at building four groups of, uh, of men, 12 apiece. So right now the price is incredibly low. It's $150 a month. You can sign up, you can, and have a and have a group where we meet. I've got a, a Tuesday morning, a Tuesday night, a Thursday morning, Thursday night, uh, set of groups. Need those 12 people, uh, meet with them week in, week out as we work ourselves through becoming the best men that the world, world could have. And so to do that, if you're, so if you're wanting to start, start taking the steps to become a better dad, you're wanting to take the steps, becoming a better husband. You want to become, take, start taking steps to become a better you. This group was actually meant for you. If you, you know, you've done a lot of reading, you're just, and nothing really seems to be working. You, you're, you've done child psychology books and things like that. And, you know, it's just things are not, not panning out. Your son is, is rebelling. Uh, your, your, your family members are, you know, are telling you though, you're being too soft, but the harder you try to get, the more he rebels. Or the softer you go, the more it's still just not working. You're just not getting your, getting life in line and rolling the way you want. You're, you're stuck in a, you know, in a dead end job. You dread it every day. How do you get yourself out? And with this, uh, this group can help address the four pillars of a relaxed male, which is the man's mind, man's body, man's soul, man's community. We address all those and we work on those and build each one of those up, shore up those, those, Pillars that are, are that are lacking, and we help get you up. So, if you are interested in becoming a member of the Relaxed Males uh, Men's Group, and like I said, I'm I'm working on the name. I, I I like the Conclave of Men, but at the same time, I think it's got it's got too much of a secrecy level to it, and really, it's really not anything super secret and hush hush. It's you know, it, it was supposed to. It was another Conclave is another men. Uh, uh, term for a gathering of men. And so I'm, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm really thinking of maybe doing a little bit of, of, of tweaking to, to the name. And, uh, if you're a part of the group, I'll be actually posing that uh, question to you and you will actually have a say as to what the, you know, the group, the name of the group is. So, but anyhow, as, uh, so if you're interested, Please go over to uh, relaxmail.com forward slash the dash conclave, uh, for now and read through the, uh, read through the page, get some, uh, some of the information. And then if it sounds like it's a good fit, come over.
join up and, and become a part of a group that is, I'm wanting to grow and see if we can get a, a movement going to really help this, uh, help these, uh, help each other out and become the, like I said, the best men that this world needs right now. So now from there, I want to go over and we're going to start with the question of the week. And the question of the week, uh, if you are interested in having your question, you have a question you'd like to ask me and have my, have my take on it. You can go to relaxmail.com forward slash contact and fill out the form and submit it. And I will read your question on, on the, uh, on the show. It's these questions are going to be first come first serve when they start coming in. And at times, if I don't get a, get a question, then I usually will turn it over to Cora. And that's where our question this week comes from. Our, the question is, how do you feel satisfied and happy with your life while seeing your college batchmates achieving more success than you? So you've gone to school, you and your, your fellow classmates, your friends that you met in college, they leave college, graduate, they go live their life. And all of a sudden you're seeing their, their, their pay increase, they're traveling the world, they're doing all these wonderful things. And that is actually the, in all reality, that's one of the reasons that I started, uh, down the self-improvement, uh, uh, course and, and line and, and, uh, line of, of learning is because I saw an old high school mate who, to me, looks like he is just on top of the world. He is successful, has a beautiful house, has a family, and he's actually started later in life than what I did. And I, a lot of times I really was cursing myself for the fact that I didn't wait to have kids. I, you know, he's same age as me. He's, you know, almost in his, almost getting close to the, to the big five O. And, uh, he's just, you know, just now having kids are, I think they're like seven, uh, seven or eight years old is the oldest one. And the youngest one's just a couple, three years younger. And, uh, just seeing his life and going, God, that's, that must be a great thing to have. And in all reality, that is, but me asking, you know, saying the, well, it must be nice was one of those thoughts that I was accumulating and that was actually, I, after learning about, you know, uh, the different mindsets and stuff, realized, well, that's because that's part of my problem. I'm looking at him being jealous instead of, you know, I know that there's a lot of stuff that he's probably gone through to be able to get to that level of success. And I was too busy looking at what I didn't have. So how does this guy, or maybe this is you, maybe you're in the same instance where you've gotten out of college and been 10 years down the road and you're looking at, uh, on Facebook, your friends and, and they're seem to be doing all these wonderful, great and incredible things. And you, you know, you moved to the town next door to, to the college that you graduated from and you're, you know, you're making ends meet, but you're not wildly successful. How do you be happy for those, for those friends of yours who are seem to be doing a lot more? with their lives than what you have done. Well, first off, you got to point out, you got to look at where you're getting your information from. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those, when people are sharing those, they rarely, and I mean rarely ever show their struggles. 
They show the rewards of their struggles, but they never show how they got to that, to that reward. So say you take a Europe trip. Well, Oh, wow. That must be nice. You're thinking they just packed up one day and it's like, you know what? We're going to go spend a month in Europe. Well, no, you didn't just pack up and go, Hey, I'm going to spend a month in Europe. There was probably four, five, 10 years of that European trip in the making. So again, you're, that is a case of where you're doing the comparison is the thief of joy and you're not seeing the struggles that he had. And you may not know what the struggles are after whatever that, that successful item is. So you're getting a very one sided image of, of a successful, uh, social media post. Now, the other issue or another item that comes up is again, I've said this again once. I'll say it, uh, probably for the rest of my life. Your emotions are your choice. You, and yes, you do have a choice to feel happiness for a guy who's being successful, or you have the choice to be jealous of the guy because of his, of his successes. And that, that choice of yours is all based upon now is based upon what you're thinking. You can look at it and go, shoot, man, that must be nice being able to buy a brand new car. I'm sitting there driving around a 15 year old Jeep Grand Cherokee that, uh, that eats, eats, um, relays like the raisins. Or you could go and go, one day I'm going to have that car. I'm one, I, I'm going to have a car just like that. I'm going to have my dream car. Maybe it's just an extra car. That's your dream car. And that dream car, like for me is a 72, uh, VW Carmagia. I'd love to have that thing just completely, you know, I, I think they're just neat looking cars. Yeah. I'm, they're, you know, it's a German beer can, but still, you know, is I've, I've always liked the look of the German, uh, the VW Carmagia. Now you can, you can celebrate with them. You can have a thought that either celebrates with them or you have the choice to have a thought that celebrates against them. And you can have a positive emotion or a negative emotion. And there's, you know, there's useful emotions and non-useful emotions. Your choice on what emotion you have is again, your choice. You get to choose that. You want to not liken the fact that you're getting jealous over, over a, uh, uh, old classmate and the, the, the wins that he has. Okay. Then you have to start paying attention to what you're thinking. And that's what a lot of our problems have. And we'll be getting into more, more about this later on in the podcast because there's a, there's a law in the law of attraction called the law of deliberate thinking. And so you have to pay attention to what you're thinking. Now you can't pay attention to all 60,000 random thoughts that you have because some of them are just your, our decision making thoughts of should I make a left or a right? And you're going to work. So you always make a right hand turn, go down three blocks, make a left hand turn, get on the highway and you're, you know, then you are on autopilot as you go through, uh, go through your day driving to work and the, all the thoughts that you have in between there, you know, those are all thoughts that you, that you have. And those thoughts generate different emotions. So you may be driving down the road and you, someone cuts you off. You can have the thought of, well, I guess he needed to over in this lane really quick. Or you may have the thought of, well, what's, the, what's this dude's problem? And, you know, and start getting yourself angry. Those you can, 
mitigate those thoughts. Because if you pay attention and you see that you're having a thought that gets you angry or gets you anxious or gets you excited or happy or whatever, you're can, you can, and you're, say you have something that is making you angry. Well, you can change that thought and reword your, the words that you're telling yourself to be able to be more allowing. You can allow, give that person who cut you off for no reason at all and then slammed on the brakes because he just barely fit between you and the semi that's in front of you. You can allow him grace. You can allow him, eh, dude, it's not even worth trying to get worked up because what are you going to do? Yell at him? Yeah. You've got, you know, a car's length between you and him. <clears throat> yeah. You can honk a horn. Is that going to help the matters any? No. So you can, all you're going to do is you're going to express the fact that you're now being a jerk to a jerk. And if the guy's didn't make you happy because he cut in front of you, do you really think he cares whether or not you're happy? No. Now there's people who will think, well, he should. No, he needs to worry about his world. You worry about yours. So if you pay attention to what your, what your mind is, is, is thinking, you can, Start to easily start, see if I can repeat the word <laughs> enough times. If you start looking at your thoughts, you're going to be able to discern whether you're having a positive mindset, a negative mindset. You're, you're having a, a thought of abundance and an abundant mindset. Are you being grateful? Are you being coming from a place of scarcity and a place of fear? You can start seeing where those thoughts are coming from. And if you can see that I've got a place, I've got a thought that is of one of scarcity. I'm seeing that my friend has something that I don't have. So I'm scarce in that, in that particular joy. They just bought a sailboat. I don't have a sailboat. I've wanted a sailboat. I'm, I'd like to have a sailboat, but I don't have a sailboat. And so that, that jealousy comes from the fact of something that you don't have. You're scarce of, of a, of a, of a resource. And you think that that having that resource in your hands is going to bring you the joy. Well, if you've ever owned a boat, you know, the two happiest times of having a boat is the day you buy it and the day you sell it. But if you're, if you pay attention to what your thoughts are and how you, and how you approach those thoughts and how you frame those thoughts, can you actually be happy for the success your college, uh, friends had? Shoot. Yeah, man. You can have all, you can celebrate them and choose to love them for everything that they do and you can choose to feel sad and and grieve with them when they fail at at their at their accomplishments if you you can become their biggest cheerleader if you so choose to do and why not because is it do you feel better when you are angry and jealous at somebody or do you feel better when you are happy and you are full of light and and joyous about the fact that they were able to take their sailboat and go and go on a two year sail around the world journey. Would it be nice? Yeah. But don't, you know, don't want to approach it as that would be nice because again, that's scarcity because you're saying it must be nice because I don't have that type of nice. So it must be nice that they're able to. So you see where that's that it must be nice is a very scarcity centered line of thinking, but celebrate with them and go, boy, that's going to be nice. That is such going to, that's going to be such a fun trip that they're going on. You can celebrate, you can change that thought. And that's how, what you can do in, uh, in being able to satisfy, be uh, satisfied and happy with, with the life that somebody else has. 
Because again, comparison is the thief of joy. So don't compare yourself against somebody else. They, they are in a completely different place and a completely different uh, mindset than what you are. They start at the same time, well, but you took a different path. They took a different, they took a path that gave them the, uh, the winnings that they have. And they also may have been inadvertently using what our main topic is going to be. And our main topic today is about the laws of attraction. And our laws of attraction, uh, the laws of attraction, I'm going to start off with kind of talking about the history of what the laws of attraction are. The laws of attraction have been around for a long while. Um, I was, as you listen to some of the older self-help people like uh, Napoleon Hill, he, um, he went around and interviewed a lot of very successful people, but one of the most famous ones and most well-known ones, uh, well-known discussions that he had was with Andrew Carnegie, who's, uh, the, uh, incredibly successful, uh, steel manufacturer. And later on down the road, you had a lot of people who started to really hate upon Napoleon Hill, thinking that he was a horrible, evil person. And, in all reality, it wasn't. Uh, some he went around building a whole bunch of libraries. He started to give his money away and build libraries. So that's why a lot of towns have these Carnegie libraries because it was built from uh, the Car- uh, Carnegie's uh, money. He as he would give to libraries to help foster the knowledge that is needed. For people to be successful, he wanted other people to be as successful as him, if not more so. And, but you, if you read, you get some people who have very scarcity oriented mindsets and they dog him as he was doing this as a means to try to suck up to those who were becoming, starting to really hate on him. And in all reality, no, that wasn't the case. Um, I had recently read the, the book. How to own your own mind. It's Napoleon Hill. These are the, these are the conversations that he had with Andrew Carnegie that developed into the Think and Grow Rich book. <clears throat> and he took all these conversations and stuff and bundled them together and he created a, a series called, uh, the Mental Dynamite series. And Own Your Own Mind, I think, is like the first volume or first three volumes of the mental dynamite series. But in this, Andrew Carnegie talked about, talked about how do you become successful? How do you bring in the riches? <clears throat> and he, and the quote that he is attributed with saying is wishing will not bring you, bring riches, but desiring riches with a state of mind that becomes an obsession, then planning definite ways and means to acquire those riches back in those plans with persistence which does not recognize failure will bring you those riches, will bring you the, that type of success. And that, if you, if you, uh, follow me on social media, that's, uh, that was actually Tuesday's thought. Uh, every Tuesday I put out a, a quote and I'm trying to start getting everything kind of organized so that we have a overarching thing. Obviously this being the, uh, final, the, this being the podcast, it comes out on Thursday, the Tuesday or the, the Monday, uh, video of the week is usually, a, which I do videos are usually a very, uh, specific topic. Usually it usually seems like they're usually Ted talks, 
but uh, I've come across Goldcast and I've started seeing some, they're great, great videos also. And so you've got different videos that kind of fit in with the overarching uh, thought. If I can't find one perfectly, I'll try to get as close as possible. But uh, then Tuesday we have our Tuesday thought and that's just, you know, I just throw up a quote uh, that centers around the, the, the topic. And then obviously Wednesday's my blog post. This is where I put my thoughts down on paper and, and share them without with y'all. And then we have the, the podcast, which comes out on Thursdays and which is what you're listening to right now. So anyhow, we have, um, so we, that, that, that quote was, was from being from, from, Andrew Carnegie, I keep wanting to see Dale Carnegie. He's the man who did, he's, I think, a cousin or he's related to Andrew, but he's, uh, how to win friends and influence people. So I keep getting the wrong ones. So, but anyhow, we've had people understand that there is a law of attraction. They just never actually called it the law of attraction. There was just these different, uh, inklings as to what this law is about. <clears throat> and then in the eighties, came a couple called Jerry and Esther Hicks. And with these two came Abraham. And if you go to Abraham-Hicks.com, you get, uh, you can get more information about them. But the law of attraction came from Abraham. Now, (laughs) I have a, a little bit of a trouble swallowing what they, uh, what they shared due to the fact that Abraham According to what they say, Abraham is a non-physical being that is speaking through Esther. So yeah, you've got someone channeling this, these non-physical beings, and there's more than one according to what, how they talk. And if you listen to the, to the story, you, or listen to their, to their tapes, you can get the law of attraction, uh, from Audible and listen and, it really takes you out because you have us uh, Esther Hicks. They live down in San Antonio, Texas, and they, you know, sound like typical Texan folks, not with too deep, uh, too big of a drawl, but you know, they, they sound, sound American. And then she'll, all right, well, I'm going to quiet my mind and chant and bring on Abraham. And then you hear this good evening. Welcome to this most important topic. And it's, with a very Eastern European accent. And so you hit, hear that and it just, it really wants to draw you out of the mode of learning. You're just going, Oh, good God. You, you see, you know, you see the, the gypsies and, and, and you know, fortune telling and all this and channeling our, you know, channeling the doing seances and you just see all this stuff and you're going really, and they're taking themselves seriously on this. But the, if you can hold on. Long enough, you actually start picking up some of the, some important inf- bits of information because yeah, all right, it's questionable on, on how they're delivering, but it's the, the information they provide is actually really good information. And Abraham talks about the, uh, the three laws of attraction. And, uh, and, or at least they, I'm sure there's more to it or they get more specific because they have several different laws of attracting money and laws of attracting love and laws of attracting this and laws of attracting that. But they get the laws of attraction. They get really almost repetitive. Now they do get repetitive on 
how all these laws work together. Now, there's three laws that make up the laws of attraction. There's the law of attraction, there's the law of deliberate thought, and the law of allowing. And each of them have intricate, uh, very specific parts on, and, but they all tie together. If you're wanting to be able to be successful, using all three of these, uh, in conjunction really help you out a lot. And so when it comes to being successful and the, using the, uh, the laws of attraction as a means to make sure that you become successful to make sure that you become, uh, Financial, well, financially speaking, wealthy enough, uh, relationally speaking, wealthy enough. You know, you hear all of us talk, not just me, but you hear a lot of coaches talk about how the abundant mindset and then the, the uh, scarcity mindset, they hold people back. Well, if you look at it through the lens of laws of attraction, these, uh, there's a reason why you're Abundant mindset brings you more wealth while the scarcity mindset brings, uh, draws it back. And that's because and let's go ahead and let's jump into laws of attraction to help kind of, um, uh, to bring all this into, into, a, into focus because the law of attraction is basically the universe. And that's how Abraham, uh, describes it. The universe brings, um, brings to you what you want. If you're, uh, if you're wanting to have a new car that has, that's blue with green interior, checkered overhead, I'm just getting audacious just for the fact that I just want to make, to, to put a good point on it. And, you know, and green tires. Well, you're going to, if you want that bad enough and you want that, uh, that much specificity, the universe will provide that something that <laughs> tacky if that's what you actually want down to the green wheels on the car to have it. And, but at the same time that the power that that universe will provide, be able to use to provide that it provides the other. So if you're having trouble, uh, saving money, say you're wanting to save up money for, uh, for a trip. Well, the reason why you're not saving up money isn't because you're not applying the laws of attraction, but you're actually applying the laws of attraction through a non-deliberate form. So if you're, say you're, you keep telling yourself, well, I want to, I want a million dollars, uh, in, in a, in a year. Well, if you're, you're not going to have a, you're not going to be able to do that as easily as, as just, you know, snapping your fingers. And the reason, a lot of the reason behind that is for the same reason as the, as what the principles that Gay Hendricks talks about in, uh, the big leap. You have a upper limit setting. You're not comfortable with making a million dollars a year until you allow yourself the, the opportunity to have the big leap to, to make a million dollars a year. If you if you're, you don't see yourself worth a million dollars a year, you're not going to make that. You're going to, in matter of fact, if you do hit that million dollar mark that you want, you're going to end up squandering it away. That's, uh, we, I've used the uh, example before, but that's why people who win the lottery within a year or two have blown millions of dollars and have nothing to show for it. And they often find themselves 
living back at that level of, of life, of financial, uh, that financial level for the very same reason that they, uh, were there before. If you take, um, there, there's several people who, you know, they were made $50,000. They all of a sudden won the lottery. By the time they realized they were broke, they were living at $50,000 a year again and had nothing to show for the fact that they were given a lump sum of a hundred million dollars or however much, whatever their lottery winning was. Uh, this is also a very good example, uh, in society today. You see, um, if you were to take some people straight out of the bad part of town, they, and you see a lot of, uh, a lot of civic groups trying to do this. They try to integrate neighborhoods. And so they have, they'll go off and they'll get some section eight housing in a really, really nice neighborhood. What happens is when those people from, from the poor side of town move in there into this really nice house, it's not that they take care of the house. Their, their sense of, of, of value isn't to the level of living in an $80,000 house. They're used to living in a, in a $20,000 house, you know, something that is just barely held together. And so eventually that house becomes, you know, starts to become run down. And because it runs down, it brings the property value in that neighborhood down. And eventually that neighborhood becomes poor, not because that one person, but because as the property values drop, the other people who can't afford the the nicer homes, they move in, they bring the the, uh, the property values down, and the very opposite, the very same thing happens if you were to take someone who is in a very affluent upper middle class neighborhood and put them in a in the bad part of town. Well, they're going to they're going to actually lift the value of that of that neighborhood up because what they're doing is they're all of a sudden they've taken their house and they, instead of letting it stay run down, they fix the roof. They start doing some landscaping and start mowing the lawn and making everything looking nice. And it raises the value of the other houses. So you have somebody move into the, into their, that neighborhood who's just a little bit better and it helps to bring everything up. Now this, this shows that, Yes, you can help other people. And we're going to be talking about that in the, in the law of allowing, but that, but to be able to, you're, when you take somebody from, from a low income and we put them in, in a really nice neighborhood, you would think, Oh, okay. Well, I'm finally going to be able to just be as nice, be, you know, Stanley upper crust the third, like I want to be. And that's not going to be the case because they don't see themselves at that value. And so the house becomes a reflection of what they value themselves. And all of a sudden you start having, you know, a broke down car on blocks in the front yard, uh, down the road. Eventually you get, uh, bars up on the windows. An incredible example is that is the first house that I remember my mom living in Mesquite. Um, I remember grow- growing up being, you know, seven, eight years old, I could, I would run around the, the block and I'd go, you know, wander all over the place in this neighborhood. <clears throat> and it was a nice neighborhood. There's, you know, lots of fair, lower middle class people living in this, in this neighborhood. And at the end of the neighborhood was just this field. And I remember, I don't know, I, for around the time I turned about 11 or so, developers bought that field 
and started building. I'm not going to call them condos or townhomes or whatever. That sounds a lot more. They were very nice, but it was, they just added a added on and it was for lower rent apartments. Not well, I think they had apartments there. They may not have had an apartment complex there yet, but anyhow, there was several new houses being built and they looked nice, but they were for, for lower rent people. It was a section eight uh, project. And <clears throat> as I was growing up, um, by the time I was about 10, 11 or so, there was mom was talking. I would hear mom talk about the house getting broke into. All of a sudden, we, it was becoming a almost common occurrence about once every three months. Someone you'd see a big foot kicked in a uh, footprint on the, on the door and someone had gone in and stolen the television or stolen this or stolen that, stolen different. You know, we were, had, she was getting broke into and things were getting stolen. And shortly, after, you know, this became, started becoming very regular. Mom decided to go ahead and get out of that house and, and leave. If you go to, uh, Glen Green Avenue these days in Mesquite, you can go past the house and it's almost unrecognizable. It's got bars on the door and bars on the windows and the rest of the houses are just like that. They just, they're, the v- property value there has dropped so far, not because people weren't worthy of living there, but because they didn't value the home that they were in. They, they're, they're, they viewed a, they, their mindset and their sense of value was a lot lower. So they attracted through the law of attraction, they attracted what they thought they were worth. And in today's society, that happens still today. People claim, ah, I want to, want to help the poor. Well, in all reality, and this is the law of attraction. This is also the law of, of allowing you can't bring, you can't help just come along and help somebody out of, out of their, their, their stupor. You have to actually be able to, they have to want to be able to get out of that, out of that that hole that they're in, that financial hole or whatever. You can't just bring somebody out because they're going to go right back in. They have to, they have to want to, to dig themselves out. So with the laws of attraction, if you're trying to pull somebody out of a, uh, out of a, out of a, uh, a financial hole, we'll stick with that. You're going there. Those people are not going to come along with you. And as a matter of fact, if you, aren't careful, their negative thoughts will actually influence yours. So let's I, I keep jumping back and forth between laws of attraction, laws of uh, all the, the three different laws. So let's, let's stick with the law of attraction. The law of attraction basically is you get what you're thinking. That means any thought, bad thought, you having a bad day. That's why when you say you get up and you've got a, uh, a nine 30 appointment and you've got to be there, uh, a bit early so that you can get, uh, get set up. You get up, you kick the, you kick your couch, uh, as you're going through, you've now, you've broken a toe, you're, you're stumbling around, you're cursing around, trying to get, get ready. And you're now your foot's kind of swole. So you're having to have trouble getting your shoes on. You finally get everything all, ta- get dressed, get yourself ready to go do your presentation. You walk outside and you see a flat tire. <sighs> so you get down, you get the tire. You get the car jacked up, you get the tire chains, get the new one on, go back inside, you wash your hands real good, and you go outside and you hop in the car, you go to turn it, you look down, you left your lights on last night. <sighs> really? 
So you bring your, you back your other car out and you go over, you hook the uh, jumper cables up, you get the start, car started, you get everything put back the way it was and you take off and you are already about five minutes late. You're like, okay, I can make it up. I can make it up. I just, you know, and so you take off and you get on the, on the interstate, you're getting heading to work. And as soon as you pass the, uh, the section that's got the longest, you know, that longest section of, of no egg, no other exit. You get, you know, just a little ways down and it is standstill traffic, major accident. And you're like, great. I can't pull off the road. I am stuck here. And you finally get to work, you know, right at nine 30 and you have to run in. You had, didn't have any chance to, to prep or anything. And you're like, I knew this was going to happen when you got there. Well, the reason why. You had all those bad things happen was because you were thinking you were going to be late. And it was a, it may not be a very conscious thought, but if you pay attention, you will see that that thought crossed your mind somewhere. That's exactly what happened. The law of attraction worked for me on the, in that same, same effect because I wasn't deliberate in my thinking. I got handed a a promotion and this promotion was a great thing because it's getting me out of the truck. I was going to be able to stay working for the company that I was working with, got me out of the truck. I was going to be able to see the family every day and every evening and, and spend time with them, get other things that I wanted to done with like with blogs and things like that. And I, Oh, this was just, this was just perfect. Well, it lasted two months and I was back in the truck because when I was handed that promotion, First thought, I know I had it because I said it out loud was don't screw this up. You were going to, you're going to screw this up if you're not careful. Well, guess what? Yeah, you're right. Because of my thought, I screwed this up. I got myself back in the truck. And matter of fact, that whole opportunity was there strictly for me because they never refilled that. They tried a couple times and those, those failed also. So the law of attraction. Depends on how, uh, how badly do you want it? Now, it's not just, well, I want to have a million dollars. No, you have to actually look into, you have to have a thought that actually enacts, as Abraham calls it, your inner being. And that is, that inner being creates an emotion. And that's how everything ties back together with what Dale Carnegie was saying, where you have to have it, you want something so bad it becomes an obsession. That, that, emotion obsessive emotion that you have is important for you to be able to achieve this just going well i want to have a million dollars is not going to do the job but also and they and abraham uses this uh example a couple times and it okay it may work maybe i would have to assume that's true but i've not ever been one who uh who actually did that i always i i Horror movies don't scare me, but, um, Abraham uses the, uh, the example of when you go to a, uh, go to a movie, uh, go to watch a, uh, a scary movie, you know, you got all this turmoil and all this emotional, you know, chaos going on and people are losing heads and fingers and arms and everybody's squirming and, oh, and, you know, and all this other stuff. When you come out, you're, you have a thought sitting in the back of your head going, well, that was just a movie. And I'm sure that there are people who get that wrapped up into horror movies that, so when they walk out, they're going, ooh, that was just, no, glad it was just a movie. Because according to, if the laws of attraction were, 
are correct, that would mean if they were going through and going, oh my gosh, if that, I'm, I better go lock my doors because I don't want the, the, some horrible, uh, uh, don't want that to happen to me. And so you're, if you don't, uh, if you are not canceling that thought out, if you are staying focused on having something happen, that is, say you're wanting, you know, stick with the million dollars because that's just, you know, that's a bold, audacious goal that somebody can have and is actually apply, uh, able to be done. I don't personally know people, but I know people who are making a million dollars a year. So I know it's possible. And it, when you, so if you're just saying, I want to make a million dollars a year, you have to actually work to get that million dollars a year. If you're not focusing to, to get that, you're going to end up having the, uh, that you're going to end up incorporating the negative thoughts and those negative thoughts when you have them and the negative emotions that are tied with those negative thoughts, you're, uh, actually in a way canceling out what your desire is. So your, your desire to make a million dollars when you're, and you've got a, a random thought going through your head going, well, yeah, but you ain't worth a million dollars is going to cancel that out. And depending on how badly you believe what that, uh, what that thought is, is what hinders and holds most people back. Now with the, uh, law of, um, law of attraction. There's also the law of deliberate thought. Now the law of deliberate thought sound is just what it is. You have to, if you want to deliberately think of something you, and you are, you want to have a particular result, you need to have, start being very diligent and very deliberate in how you actually think about that said goal, that cell said, uh, uh, objective. If you are wanting a, you know, wanting a new car, Sit down, start thinking about what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does the, what does the uh, upholstery feel like? Is it, uh, is it leather and it's, you know, you can sl just slide in or is it, uh, you know, some type of, uh, some type of fabric? What does that fabric feel like? What is the, uh, what does the mirror look like? You know, everything about that car. Can you describe that car to its, to most minute emotional detail that you can? How does that leather, that, that, that beautiful leather seat, how does it, how does it make you feel? The side of the car, when you step out and you see that car, how does it make you feel? How does it, what emotions does that invoke? And all those thoughts, when you're having, uh, or emotions you're having with those thoughts help you to actually achieve that. But you have to be very deliberate with what you're wanting to think. Because again, if you're thinking, oh, that'd be nice, but I'm never going to be able to get that. Guess what? You're never going to be able to get that. Kind of as, uh, as Henry Ford said, whether you can or you can't, you're right. You have to be very deliberate and very diligent on what you think. And so it, if you're looking at trying to get away, learn how to actually control your thoughts, that's where the power of mindful meditation comes from. Being able to pay attention, watch your brain is thinking. And you can kind of, you can start to be able to gently redirect any stray thoughts back over to the objective that you want, that obsession you want to have. And then with that is the law of allowing. And that I was kind of talking before with the, when I was talking about how you can't draw somebody out. That's where Gay Hendricks talks about, uh, the, the upper limit challenges, your upper limit beliefs. You're not going to be able to get your desire 
if you don't think you're worth that desire. You want a million dollars? Well, how do you, you've got to be okay with making a million dollars. And a lot of people aren't. A lot of poor folks are not comfortable with making, uh, having all that money. Uh, yeah, it sounds really good. It sounds very, uh, um, very nice to say, I, well, I help the poor and I go out and I feed the poor and all that. Okay. You're, you're helping, you're feeding them. But then a lot of times they go off and say, well, rich people should be helping more. They should be giving their fair share out. No, that's not doing any good to just hand out money to a poor person. Not going to do any good for the poor person. It's not going to help the, co- the, the, the company either or the, uh, the, the charity either. Just because you want to help somebody doesn't mean that they want to be helped. A lot of homeless people, whether uh, folks want to believe it or not, are homeless because that's what they want. They don't believe that they are worthy of living in a house. When they start to, those who realize what their value is, what, how they can contribute to society, and how they can have a community that helps them, that's when their mind starts to to change. And when they can change their mindsets, they change how they believe about themselves. And when they change their beliefs about themselves, then they want to have the help. And that's where the law of allowing comes into play. And you can actually come in and help a person if they want the help. But you also have to be okay with the fact that if they don't want the help, all right, well, fine. You don't want the help. I'll go on. I'll do my own thing and I'll be successful. And when you decide you want to be, uh, be successful too, then hit me up. I'll, I'll help you out. But until then, you have to be okay with people suffering. You have to be okay with your children suffering and, and, and struggling to find their way. It's important for them to do that. And that's why, uh, it acts, we're do, do our kids such a disservice when, uh, we give them everything they, they desire. Yeah. It makes us feel good, but it's in all reality, it's not doing them a whole lot of good. So if there's something really expensive that you want to give, give your kid, it probably would do them a lot of good to, to contribute to that. So I, Giving a kid their, their own, uh, their, their brand, a brand spanking new car fresh off the lot. I've always thought that was one of the most horrible ideas you have because it's the same as even giving a really, really nice car to someone who doesn't value the car because it's not long after there's a crack the windshields are cracked, you're missing the hubcaps. Uh, you're running around on a donut. Uh, you've got a dent in one side. You may have a, a, a light out, uh, tail light out. The, the tags aren't being kept up because that's not the value. They don't see their value as being that. And so you have to be okay and allow that. And a lot of folks, a lot of people struggle with that very law, the law of allowing being allow being able to allow people to be in their, their current state. I struggle with that because I see, uh, friends who, you know, if I struggle with trying to make, uh, trying to find their work life balance and I'll talk to them about stuff and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, might, I might try that and do nothing about it. Well, okay. Had a great discussion with a, a family friend's daughter one, a couple weeks ago and her, she's got these, these, this dream that she wants to, wants to do. And 
expressed to her, I was like, well, do you know of any companies around that are in that field that you want to be in? And she, she was like, yeah, oh yeah, there's like three of them. I was like, well, why are you not in there? And again, she had the excuse of, well, I, I've, I've got my kid, child now. I can't be, I've got, got all these other things, got all these lies that I need to tell myself so that I feel okay with not doing what I'm, what I say I'm dreaming of doing. When in all reality, I, I kind of wonder if that's something she would like to, to do, but I'm, I'm, I don't think that's what she truly wants to do because if she did, she would, you know, she would truly be working hard and pushing herself to get into that aspect. And that's where a little bit of coaching comes into play. If you, you, you know, you're wanting there, but you're, there's a mindset issue. Um, and you, for whatever reason, you know, you want to step out on your own. You want to have your own business. Well, that's coaching helps do that. Um, the, the conclave of men can help push you towards that. And that's where the law of allowing comes into play because you have to be able to allow them to fall on their face. You have to allow them to, to, to fail. You have to allow your children to struggle. And, and so you struggling is, is a, is actually a sign of love to your kids. And a lot, like I said, a lot of people have a hard time believing that little aspect, but it's very much true. So what did we learn this week? And I'm going to start trying to do this for every, every episode. So, but what did we learn this week? Uh, what lessons can you take from, from this particular podcast? And the, that is pay attention to what your thoughts are. Your thoughts show you exactly what you actually want. If you really, really want to change who you are, you really, really have to change your, your, the way you think. If you want to have, uh, to be successful, you want to be the best dad that you possibly can and be able to raise your son to be this strong, confident man, you have to lead them by example. And to be able to lead them by example, you have to change how you approach life. If you are wanting to have a, uh, have a business that allows you to be home every night, if you want to work for a company that allows you to be home every night, you have to pay attention to what you're thinking. Look at what you're, why are you saying the words and the thought and why are you having the thoughts that you're having? Look at those with an honest, open mind, with, with open and true curiosity as to why and be prepared for the, the, the answers, because sometimes those answers are going to come and they're not going to be exactly what you want to hear. You can make those changes with your deliberate thoughts. You can't change other people, though, and you have to allow them to walk their path and you have to allow your son to walk his path. And it gets tough and it gets frustrating sometimes. But if you can allow them to struggle and to see why you you recommend make the recommendations that you recommend and then let them go and figure out the reasons why they learn that lesson a lot better so before I, as i start to close this up cuz wow i really went on a on, on a bit of a talk today i'm going to start sh- closing the uh each episode with an affirmation. Now, I've always been a big fan of affirmations. It's not the Stuart Smalley affirmation-y stuff. And I actually, next week, I'm going to be talking about the power of affirmations and why affirmations are, are good, but that's not, but that's not the end all be all of what, uh, of what, uh, 
you have to do. You can't just stand there and look at a mirror and go, I am good. I am great. And people doggone it. People like me. You can't say that. You can't just do say it and expect it to have a transformation of your life. There are other things that you have to do, but what affirmations do is they help you to, to change your mindset. And the uh, first affirmation that I have is one of my favorites. And that is I have enough money for everything I truly want. <clears throat> and what that means is look at people, uh, say, well, I'm, I'm, a, I've been in, there have been times where I was really struggling for money and I really, really, really needed a pack of cigarettes. It will amaze you that how you can come up with the money for a pack of cigarettes. Or if you're really, really needing to get to, get to work and you have, are, you're sitting on E, you need to get, figure out where, to, where to get $5 in gas really fast. You'll find that $5 because that, again, that's the whole law of attraction. You really, you've got to get this, you've got, you've got to get the money. If you look at it though, through a, an abundant mindset, you see that, um, that the money is always available. To sit there and say that I need the money is where you're coming from a place of scarcity. I need to get this where I want to make more money get is a, is a line of abundance. So you're able to, I would like to be able to go on this trip. I want to go on this trip. You're wanting, you've already got enough. You just want this so that you can do what, do something you're wanting to do. So I always have plenty of money, enough money. For everything I truly want is today's affirmation. So, guys, I'm going to wrap this up now. Uh, thank you, and uh, we will uh, see you next week. And uh, so, kind of think about what's going, what the, what I talked about this week, and you might even try seeing what happens if you go over to uh, see the Wednesday's post. I've got a little exercise in there that might that helps to bring all these the the, the deliberate thing, the law of attraction, the law of deliberate thinking, and the law of allowing all together. And it's a great little exercise that will actually bring in the, uh, bring it all together. And you might find that you, you achieve your goal a lot faster by, by using this exercise. So with that, man, I appreciate you listening. You have a great rest of the week and we will see you next Thursday. Till then, bye.